Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. In the pre-episode, we were talking about what we were eating. Steve was making something from Costco, and I talked about George's falafel, and he yeah, said... Yeah, not just well. something. It's cheese-filled tortellini with pesto, and it's delicious. Highly that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds very good. And you had, but not as good as your gyro. I had a George's falafel sandwich. Oh, you from, had falafel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not eating lamb shank meals. Anymore. Why not? Well, Steve... <laughs> It all starts with karma, and I'm trying to uh, trying to help out my karma, man. Okay, fair. Well, you need all the help you can get, that, dude. If that's <laughs> if that's one thing, if that's one inch I make towards <laughs> right. bettering this life, <laughs> uh, that I don't come back again with so oh. you know, that's all I got to do, baby. I hear you. Well, you know, I can rest easy tonight because I my meal was vegetarian. It was yeah. probably, you know, the tortellini was probably made by slave labor. Some, I mean, it just never. And ends. the cheese was, you know, made by a factory farm. I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Well, Costco, I, you know, their chicken, their poultry farming is not great, but their but their pesto is. So whatever. I've I've made a full transition from cow's milk, and I really like almond milk. And I and please email us if you have a problem with almond milk because I'd love to almond hear. Milk. You. Do you know California's out of water because of almonds? Here we go. So enjoy go. your almond, enjoy your, uh, your falafel, your non lamb shank falafel. Yeah. Yeah. As, know. You know, the world runs out of water, but you're still, you did. well, so what's the better choice? Oat milk. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do I look like a scholar? Well, it comes, it comes down to the whole, All like, I know is that almond milk is like one of the worst things ever besides bottled water, which is also one of the worst things ever. Don't buy bottled why- water. Which is why I'm drinking bottled A and W diet root beer for when you want <laughs> in a plastic box. when you want a sweet treat, but worse. What what happened to the to the fancy root beer in the glass bottle from last week? Well, I've I've been trying to count calories. So you're this drinking has, root beer? This has d- zero calories, Steve. Oh. And the, I, and I, the didn't, I didn't I missed that. I'm sorry. Diet root beer. Uh, any well, we we just opened like three cans of worms. Um, ah, oh, it's okay. I'm I'm I'm. Look what I did to my elbow. Look what I did. I wrecked my bike. Steve is injured. Oh my god. Yeah, I really kind of always wear a helmet, kids, because I took a pretty good spill yesterday right in front of my house. Oh my shit. Neighbors. Um. Yeah, I stopped to talk to one of my new neighbors who I hadn't met yet, and we chatted for a moment. And as I was riding away and kind of turning to circle back into my driveway, my gear slipped. Oh, and my foot came off and I just went head over heels, head first and side first into like I tore my shorts, my head hit the and I got this gnarly abrasion on my elbow and on my ankle. And I'm really great. glad you didn't get a head injury, man. Yeah, me too, because I very much could have. Um, uh, so, yeah, the helmet, uh, you know, saved me basically. Like I got up and walked away. It wasn't that big of a deal other than, you know, the blood, which really wasn't that bad. So. The last time, nice, I, I mean, that's a nice silver dollar sized abrasion. Yeah, I got, I got one. Well, not, not that big, but I got one in a, in a way less cool way. I was how is, riding. I was wiping out in your driveway in front of your new neighbors. Cool. Well, 
listen when I tell you how I did it. Are you one upping me? Uh, well, it's one upping, but it's like worsing. I'm like worsing. <laughs> of so, course, well, so, but your stories, your stories more. That's the important thing. Do you not want to talk on a podcast no. today, Steve? Do you not want interesting I'm little, stories? I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, did you, you eat? Know, I did. I ate tortellini with pesto. Okay, good. And, and, a, and a nice fruit salad that I made for lunch. Whatever, Joel, tell me about your bike. <laughs> I, I so, all right. So the last time I wrecked, I really had to, I really had to use the facilities. We'll put it uh-huh. that way. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not the easy facilities. I understand. Or location specific. I see. And I'm riding a, through. <laughs> never mind. That's I'm great. riding through Cooper Park and it is go time. Uh huh. Yeah, I understand. It's go time. Now or never. Hold on. Keep going. So I, it, I realize that it's go time and I am probably quarter mile from anything remotely. I mean, I'm, I'm in a neighborhood, right? Yeah, I'm going yeah. I'm I'm, to go circle back around the wilderness park. And I remember that, and this is like on a, you know, it's like a Sunday this or something. going to end up with you getting arrested. Is it? No. Okay. But good. yeah, I, uh, I remember that there are some porta potties in Cooper park. Cause the Y is closed, right? Yeah, yeah. It must be, I don't remember it was towards the evening or something. And I am writing toward the porta potty by the baseball fields cooper park and uh-huh. i'm like i'm gonna take a shortcut through the playground equipment uh-huh well there was like a five-year-old kid with his dad running towards the this did in, in an effort to avoid hitting the kid <laughs> i jackknifed my front tire and went and it and it was still go time oh so no. halfway down but luckily it was like that rubber you know yeah matting so it wasn't, it wasn't like I got, I got a little scrapes, but I had my helmet on. And if I would have hit my head, it wouldn't have been bad, but I halfway, the, everything slowed down. And I was like, I understand this is going to be some traumatic story in this kid's therapeutic future. <laughs> like I made this, I made this man wreck and then everything exploded. And I don't, you oh, know, no, I, that did not happen. It didn't happen. Okay. Thank you. It did not happen. I made it. Everything worked out. <sighs> I could have taken a pretty gnarly turn there. Yeah, that could have we could have had like our shortest episode ever. Well, good night, folks. Well, good night, beep. I'm out. <laughs> oh God. Oh, Joel. Where we what we started a few hi, welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> yeah, welcome. What were we even we were welcome, welcome to the shit show. <laughs> the almost shit show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, I was just talking in a very general way, not your specific story incident. Right. Right. So almond milk, here's the thing. Yeah. I keep trying to, I mean, there, I, going back uh, to the title of our show, is there any way to be, is there any way to be better? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the, what the socially conscious responsible choice is that would not be almond milk. You're drinking almond milk because of the, you don't want to drink the cow milk. Well, yeah, but also just like I've, I, I drank it for long enough. Like I was like trying it out that uh-huh. I really ended up really liking it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I that pre- almonds don't preferring- make milk, right? Yeah, I get that. But it's, it's like, <laughs> it keeps longer. I like the flavor of it. Yeah. It doesn't, you know what I mean? 
I get maybe oat milk is more. I have a thing of oat milk that we got kind of accidentally. If you want, I you can try it. I don't think so we're here's, drink it. here's how bad it's gotten at the Egger household is that Kirsten drinks oat milk, Joel uh-huh. drinks almond milk. So you guys so still sleeping in the same bed? We sure are, Steve. Oh, but good. We okay. have a king bed and we're far away from each other. I understand that. Because mm-hmm. I like to cuddle until it's time to like don't touch me. Oh, a, I see. You know what I mean? You, then the do you do the hug and roll? Is that or who does the yeah, hug and roll? I do. Uh-huh. I'm and it it's never met with joy. It's always met with oh. anger, but I can't anger. I, I mean, I have to Hold take, on. can I make an anger. abrupt, an abrupt subject shift? Let's do it. How was the new kids on the block? Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> okay. First of all, oh, everybody, Joel last night, Joel Rick rolled me and past guests, Dave and Jack with a live fucking Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up. I you know, I I didn't mention that he was gonna be at that show last. I knew week. he was gonna be, and I kind of wondered when I saw the video clip. I'm like, this is gonna be Rick fucking Ashley, and I'm about <laughs> to get Rick rolled, and I was right. Yeah. Um. All right. So last week we talked about Guns and Roses and the Cheese yes. Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And how I think we mentioned something about this show and how it's like. You know, whatever they, they were embracing the a hundred percent embracing it. There uh-huh. was like this big video montage of them back in the day, and now, like when Salt and Peppa and Ang and Vogue came out to sing "What a Man, What a Man, What a Mighty Good Man," which is yeah. a great song. Uh-huh. There was a quick change cam in the New Kids dressing room. It yeah. was like showing, you know. Donnie Wahlberg with his shirt off. He was he was showing off his six pack. Sure. It, it was like, you? dude, exactly. That's what people were there to see. One hundred percent. And they embraced it, but they uh-huh. also actually are talented. They were they were really singing. Okay. And rapping. It uh-huh. was very real. Rick Astley, that guy can really sing well. You know, like sure. he's not he's not Josh Groban, but you know what I mean. Like he's well, who is. Right. Josh. Yeah. Anyway, I once had a very close family member of mine tell me that Josh Groban's Wild Horses was better than the Rolling Stones Wild Horses. Incorrect. And I almost wrecked the car. Right. Um, anyway, uh, it was amazing it, because it was it wasn't like over the top cheese, but it was like they, they knew were what just it was they knew it was exactly- just a big party. It was a big party. Uh-huh. They had a DJ going to get everybody warmed up. Yeah, so yeah. the crowd was pumped. It was it was called the mixtape tour. So like, mm-hmm. you know, once the DJ gets off and the show's about to start, it's the new kids on the block starting the show. Yeah. yeah. And then they jump around. So they go to like salt and pepper over here and they got a stage over here. And then, you know, it was like all so over the place. So was there any point in time a live band or was the music all? Oh, it was DJ? canned. It was canned. canned. Yeah, okay. Right. It was totally canned. Yeah, but that's okay uh, for that kind of thing. Yeah, because the light, I, I looked up at the spotlights. Those were all preset. Like there was uh-huh. nobody, there was nothing that was going to happen outside of what was supposed to happen. Right. It was, it was programmed. Yeah. It was like a, it was a traveling Vegas show. It's like, sure, just yeah. turn it out. But here's right. the deal. I thought about this. I'm like, you know, it would be kind of sad if like new kids on the block 
tried to tour as a headliner by themselves with maybe a couple other pop acts or if salt and Peppa did, or if En Vogue did, or if Rick Astley did. Well, if they did try to do that, they would not be at the Pinnacle cold bank arena. Precisely. Which yeah. is why the, the genius of putting them all together to kind of do this yep. fun thing. And they all made more money and everybody Correct. had a better time. Correct. Yeah. I was literally like, you know, put your hands in the air. I'm like, my hands yeah. are in the air, my in friend. Air. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was and, great. I, and, I don't, and I'm waving around like I just don't care. And I actually, yeah, I'm like, I don't care which direction they're going. I am waving them around like I don't care. Uh, I love it. Because I didn't care. Uh-huh. It was, it was, it was great. The, the highlight of the night, and this was a technically a birthday present for Kirsten, but uh-huh. the highlight of the night is that for, uh, one of the there are many reasons why I f- fell in love with Kirsten Valborg Cedardall mm. back back in the day. One of the main reasons was I can recall very distinctly riding in the car with her once, and Salt and Peppa's Shoop came on. Uh huh. And she got down. That, didn't she? that girl knows every word uh-huh. to that song without missing a syllable. Uh huh. And I just melted. Sure. So I got to sit, I, she like got emotional, but like, you know, she got to wrap along to shoop with salt and pepper in the same room. It was, that's amazing. It was amazing. That's amazing. It was, it was a great show. I'm glad you had a good time. I figured, I, it, I figured it would be fun. I saw we were there for something. And I saw the ad for it. And I thought, you know, back when that was actually popular, you couldn't have paid me to listen to any of that on purpose. Same. Totally. But 30 years later. I'm like, I bet that'd be a really good time. I remember like one of the first tapes I bought myself was, you know, uh, was a new kids on the block single cassette single. Hanging tough. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't, I can't judge. Cause you know what the first single I ever bought was. Ooh, I can't wait. Andy Gibbs shadow dancing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I was seven or, you know, I don't yeah, know. That's the same thing. I was in, I was in like fourth grade. Yeah, third grade. And and it was cool. It was hanging tough, you know, hanging tough, dude. Are you tough enough? No, like, you know, hands in the air. It was great. I it was I highly recommend the mixtape tour. Like we got the tickets that were kind of lower bowl, but, you know, nobody in front of us. It was very nice. No shit show around us. It was I thought I don't know. I guess that's the second time they've came to Lincoln. That was a blast. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. Next time, maybe I'll go. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. And Kirsten had a great time, which is really that's the, the important point. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the point. Mm-hmm. But it was never a point where it was like, oh, these guys. This ugh. look. This isn't good. Guys, this isn't good. Really, this is really you guys are taking yourself way too seriously. Yeah, yeah. See that that's where that's where it w- would have gone sideways. Right. Like we're here to rock your socks off. Yeah. Or whatever the people No, I say mean the, the thing started with like this 80s sort of 80s aesthetic montage video of are you ready to go back in time? Like they they totally know what they are and it's like yeah, yeah. But they're playing the arena versus, you know, the Iowa fair. Right. Exactly. Nothing yeah, against yeah. the Iowa state fair. Or I understand. Nebraska. It's, I understand it's a delightful time. I'm sure there's great corn nuggets there. Don't and, forget the deep fried uh, Oreos. Uh, yeah. The night before speaking of deep fried Oreos, the night before I saw Steve Earl and uh, 
the Turnpike the Tribune. Really? Steve you do Earl that at? at West Fair Amphitheater. No kidding. Steve Earl and the Turnpike Troubadours. I bet that was great. Yep, we missed um, we missed the old ninety sevens, which was I I was kind of bummed. Oh yeah, they're good. They are good. They're kind they've of they've been around a long time. So is Steve Earl for that matter. Steve Earl was was great, but there were fried Oreos there because it's at the fairgrounds. Sure, I think it's the Pottawatomie County Fairgrounds. Oh, mm-hmm. but the bummer say, about that... sorry. go ahead. The bummer about that place was that there was only one area to get drinks, beer, water, everything. Ah, nope. Hard pass. Not good. Like all the other food vendors couldn't sell drinks. It was only at these two locations. So everybody needed to go through the line to get their maximum four beers or whatever. Right. But you couldn't just. That would be $47. Right. But it's like you had to wait in line to get bottled water too. I was like, these these. You know, Oreo vendors can't sell a bottle of water. Right. Yeah, it's I'm out. 85 degrees out. Negative, negative 10 points for the West Fair Amphitheater. Yeah, I'd never been to West Fair. And I know that like Edgefest used to be there. Oh, yeah. Not a that I would. Other... Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but I was like, you know, it's a pain to get in there. It's like yeah. the whole drink situation was not that's good. Why I, that's the one thing if I was going to pull a memory of the West Fair Amphitheater is like getting in and out. It's a real hassle. It sucks. Yeah. It's to- it's like bad, like yeah, okay. worse than Pinewood. That, but I don't think Pinewood is as big. You know what I mean? So it's not going right. to draw that many people. So it's not as bad. But mm. yep, mm-hmm. it's nothing like Boulder, Colorado, where the Buffaloes play. No, it is not. We're going to see the Dead and Company on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, you're going to that, aren't you? I just bought a ticket. Well, that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah. Well, I uh, this weekend for me has been uh, dance recital riffic. Oh yeah, how's that? Um, it was great actually. It was really uh, delightful. It's kind of a lot. Um, two shows Saturday, Sunday. Um, so this the same show. Mm-hmm. They just do it twice. For, yeah, yeah. For for many people to get to the to see Pretty it. Much. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, my daughters both danced uh, whatever very well. I'm tired because we didn't get home till late last night. I'm I'm tired. I'm old and I'm cranky. That's what's happening. And you happening. cracked your bike, the, dude. And you what's put, that? And you put blunt force trauma on your body. That's true. Um, that might have something to do with it. But yeah, I didn't sleep very well. Um, so today was kind of a exercise and just trying to stay awake, uh, frankly. Um, but. Um, yeah, man, I had, a, you know, out of all the styles of dance that they present, which is mm-hmm. a wide variety, everything from hip hop to classical ballet to contemporary jazz, um, kind of just avant-garde weirdness, which is awesome. Yeah, um, they, they do some modern dance stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And cool. uh, but the thing that I kind of the, the one that I liked the most, which is, <laughs> I think, surprising to everybody, is I really love the classical ballet. Yeah. Traditional, but like, give me some Tchaikovsky. Yeah. And some pirouettes. Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know what it is, especially when there's like 70 women doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. really just something. And I don't, I had a, oh, what do you want to call it? I had a, uh, and this is today, like, I'm sleep deprived and basically cranky and just trying to kind of get through the day without owing any amends, which is tricky. <laughs> 
the um, big, that's the big goal sometimes. Man. Yeah, it really is. Um, and that, you know, <clears throat> and trying to just be there for my girls and stuff. Cause they yeah. put, you know, a ton of work into this, you know? Yeah. Oh, Although yeah. once we drop them off, we don't see them till after the show. So it's kind of, yeah. um, but, uh, during one of the most during one of the big classical ballet numbers, and I can't remember the music right now, but let's say for the sake of conversation, that was Tchaikovsky. Okay. Sure. Um, ish, um, <laughs> you know, that sort of, Oh yeah. Type of accompaniment, whatever, big orchestra, big dance number and all the like, um, traditional ballet costumery, um and i really had this shut up joel i'm trying man i'm trying so hard um but this moment of like it was a call a transcendence i guess mm-hmm. you know and I, and it hit me i'm like oh that's why this art form has survived for hundreds of years yeah it's uh, uh- it's it's one of those and i i can recall my art school had a dance program right so they you could you could you know get an undergraduate and a master's degree in dance and the dancers at my uh, graduate school were like they were the they were the jocks of the school oh you know? sure they mm-hmm. the the hallways parted they mm-hmm. owned the place right mm-hmm. because they were just magnificent they had this energy about them that was like we you kind of all you i mean yeah we trained hard in the acting in the other programs and there was right. late nights for everybody but i felt like they were sacrificing their own physical bodies more than anybody they worked really hard they <laughs> yeah, were was, really hard yeah, i mean you cannot yeah. do what they do and not be in peak physical shape totally yeah and uh um yeah so that was and it, i it was this thing of um and i'm gonna do a poor job of explaining it because I'm frankly, I'm not firing on all eight right now, but um, the sense of um, this is going to sound just, I can't even begin. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm I'm slipping into Robin Williams mode. I'm like, Oh, you've lost your audience. You're failing. They hate you. No, they're going to work again. You can't. This is the great thing about podcasting, though. I think that we found when I listen to other people's like, you know, taking their time to like come up with where they're headed with what they're saying. People are with us, you know, I I hope you're with. I hope you're still with us. People are with us. Our dozens of listeners. We love you. So. Um, So anyway, I had a moment uh, of um, it was transcendent Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful and it really. um. I guess opened my mind to a new avenue of what um, art slash beauty is and can accomplish. Yeah, and um, and it was really one of those moments where I mean, I'm just sitting in my daughter's dancer side. They weren't even dancing, uh, but having this moment of, well, what are you going to do with your life now? Yeah, that you've seen that you've had this experience hmm. and we've all had that kind of experience. I'm going to say we all, I mean, I know you have, and I know I mm-hmm. have at other mm-hmm. uh, events and venues. And that was kind of also part of the thing is like, Oh, this can take a lot of forms, mm-hmm. you know, once in a mm-hmm. while you get shown the light. In the strangest of places where you, if you look at it, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
Um, and then, and then the thought with that, the next thought was, well, now there's, now there's responsibility, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been, I've had this moment. And so what am I, what do you do with that? That's the challenge you in pursuing and appreciating a different form. Well, no, in, in like, you know, the universe, the universe bestowed Mm -hmm. this transcendent moment of clarity slash, I'm not going to say wisdom, but like Mm -hmm. cutting through all of the bullshit. Yeah. You know, I was thinking like, cause the world right now is that's part of it is like the, I think what is appealing about the classical ballet is that the world we live in right now is so incredibly chaotic and unpredictable and uncertain hmm. and classical ballet is none of those things. Yeah. It is well, not chaotic. It is it in a way is predictable in the, in the uh, it's not abstract or avant-garde. No, it's very, it's got a, it's, it has a, it has a strict language and you can use that language in whatever way you want. Yes. But you have to use the strict language. Well, and within the confines of what, like these numbers, like you, you don't even really use it the way you want. (laughs) Yeah. Because that would be like the contemporary ballet takes that language and then uses it to create a whole other thing. I would encourage, it's so serendipitous that you're, talking about appreciating dance um, because I came home, I played golf today and I came home and Kirsten was just sort of watching a documentary. She just kind of had it on. It was sort of casual, but it was a documentary on, and I think it might, I don't know where, I I don't know where it, where it was, whether it was just on Apple TV or elsewhere, but it's, it's about Maris Cunningham, but it's just called Cunningham. He's like this, you know, we very experimental avant-garde choreographer, that uh-huh. kind of came up in the late fifties and sixties, but he, he was choreographing until he died and and he was 90 years old. And like, he was <laughs> literally, you know, making new work until he was 90. And he like, I went, I looked on his Wikipedia while, cause I'd never heard of him. And I was curious. I'm like, he'd worked with like John cage and stuff. And oh, I was sure. like, I wonder if he has, worked at cal arts and i was like yeah, he, i didn't see anything on there doesn't mean he didn't work there but like late in his later years he did he did some work with radiohead and with oh. uh, brian eno and i was listening to eno this afternoon on the way downtown and sonic youth and wow uh sigur ross and all these you know it, late sort of you know alternative whatever but i highly recommend that because i had a moment this is where I'm getting and trying to connect to your thought yeah. where they, they, they were recreating some of his old choreography and then like capturing it with new dancers and new contexts and new spaces. And they recreated one of his works on top of a building and had this drone sort of flying. And there was this like, you know, maybe 20 dancers doing in sync, all of this very modern dance experimental stuff. And I was like, wow, like the, uh, uh, sometimes it's just about a a, like you know what was what's the point you know like i could i could hear the argument the cynical argument of right well what is this doing yeah what does this do what does this does nothing this isn't producing anything this isn't producing anything this is uh where's the value 
Right. There was they had a they had a showed a shot from the 60s of Andy Warhol and working with this choreographer and they had these big silver mylar balloons that and Warhol was like probably high but he was just like, "Oh my god, it's so great. It's so beautiful." And it's like, you know, you you could show that to somebody and they would say, "Well, that's just an excuse for somebody to siphon money out of the endowment for the arts and, you know, they're not they're not contributing anything." Back to your point, though, maybe maybe there is no responsibility. Mm. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe there's nothing to do with that, besides just appreciate it, take it in, enjoy it, witness well, it. That that's good. I'm glad you said that because that's what I decided to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're off the hook, at least for today. You know, I mean, what am I gonna do? But yeah. but but that moment whatever will inform hopefully my thought life for at least a day or two before Which is, tra- speaking of karma i mean you take a break from that and appreciating beauty and it just sort of occupies that space i mean what better way to help the thought stream sure yeah you and know I, you know i think there's something um I mean, that goes back to our conversation we had a year or so ago about, you know, uh, is art necessary? Yeah, right. And the answer is yes. I got, you know, just re-upped on that concept this weekend. And what, I mean, and I, th- I recall otherwise convers- you end up just, you know, uh, I don't even know, get thinking that I need to go buy a bunch of guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, yeah. It, Not that I those two I, things I re- can't go together, but you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I recall the having, a, I remember saying a lot about like what it, what it does for a society and the importance of it being a part of a culture. And, but at the same time, like the pressure for it to produce, I mean, don't get me wrong. The new kids on the block concert last night was wonderful, <laughs> but I, it really was. I mean, it, there was, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was voice and beauty it, and all, but, but it, it's but also, it's, it, it's not high art. It's not high art. It doesn't have to be higher. It's right. popular art, right? Yeah. But I could definitely see the producers, you know, in the in the in the belly of of Pinnacle Bank Arena saying, "All right, counting the cash." Yeah, like oh, we yeah. put this together. We'll yeah. we'll cut these artists a little bit of slack or a little bit of you know a little scratch. Profits. Yeah, and then we'll keep making. Like it's a machine that's based on making them money. It doesn't mean that. Just because art makes money doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that it's also doesn't need to change the world all the time. Sure. Well, but I would argue that showing eight, nine thousand people a good time that changes the world. Yeah. I mean, I I thought about I thought about the like the moving experiences I've had. You know, I've seen that with different bands, but primarily the spiritual mind-blowing thing that happened when we were at the fairly well shows yeah yeah where i looked across the entire soldier mm-hmm. field and i just mm-hmm. saw you Waves. know i saw the, i saw the interconnected web of consciousness right oh yeah good huh manifesting itself in ninety thousand different points yeah yeah, yeah. amazing once. and you were sober 100 yeah. percent. but i i i also saw you know mm-hmm. the entire pinnacle bank arena you know wave their hands in the air like they just don't care and they were having a great time right yeah you know it was like similar i got moved by that not because not because i i yeah Mm -hmm. so you're right it doesn't appreciating it 
appreciating it does do something. It doesn't necessarily all need to be a political act, although you could argue that then it then in, inherently is all a political act anyway. Yeah. Wavy Gravy once said taking a shit is a political act. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, because waters you gotta you gotta get move the water somewhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wavy gravy. Wave talk talk to me. Wavy gravy was a cl- like what it Wait, what was his he real a- his real and I am not a scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but uh his real name is Hugh Romney. Mm-hmm. And he, he when he's wavy gravy, he's, yes, he's made up like a clown but one of the things that he does he runs um a collective called the hog farm Mm -hmm. and and this is please email if i'm getting this wrong because i know i'm gonna get it wrong because i haven't thought about him actively in a long time or read about him but uh he's still around i believe uh Mm -hmm. but one of he's it's a philanthropic thing okay they like they run a summer camp for uh i think just underprivileged kids that like won't ever see nature you know mm, yeah i could be yeah. wrong about that but uh yeah we, wavy gravy is fundamentally a, a philanthropist uh like a an activist philanthropist person he's not a wealthy is that, philanthropist did, is, is that how the hog farm started i don't know i don't know the details of that i'm not gonna try to because i know that he's in those sort of that scene that san francisco scene circles the dead and all that oh, yeah. but i i never really understood oh, exactly I kind of when I went, I remember my stepdad telling me about Wavy Gravy, and I I guess I just assumed he was a musician, but that's not the no, case. No, he's not. I mean, he may play the guitar or something, but he's not. Right. That's not how he makes his living. But yeah, he's definitely part of the Grateful Dead extended family for sure. Right. Um, they've benefited the Hog Farm and Wavy Gravy over the years. Um, I think he was a recipient of the um, Rex Foundation funds. Oh, okay. Which was the Dead's philanthropic arm. Um. So yeah, uh, he does good work you know yeah there's a tape of him uh february 9th of 1973 i believe going around collecting funds to collect like passing buckets around the audience at a at a concert trying to uh just get some cash to send um to help rebuild a children's hospital in vietnam that got bombed so he just does sort of almost yeah guerrilla style punk yes. rock like yeah pass the hat we'll buy the thing help the yeah people. i mean that's just one example i mean i i know that because i have the tape you know <laughs> right oh uh, yeah yeah uh, but uh um anyway yeah we agree cool. i was just always curious I, I never really yeah well he would definitely be something to you know google wiki whatever um i'd I rather just ask you and get you i don't know I, that's like one of those half, every time i see wavy in his crown clown face i think you know i don't know i don't know more about that guy and then I just yeah don't. i feel like the hog farm i feel like there's more of a history with the hog farm that's that's a that's weirder too but i i, don't I know guarantee why. you that's a thing yeah weird. i feel like i've I heard mean, it or read it or something somewhere where the hog farm started out a little weirder than just like a a philanthropic endeavor. well like kind of like certain other things that we like exactly <laughs> started out pretty weird and then yeah, they man. eventually kind of gelled into what they you know yeah that's out of, out of out of chaos and disorder comes new order new order mm-hmm. um i had a i had an interesting emotional moment this week this oh, is yeah? a total left left curve left hit curve, me yeah left curveball the Sub- curve left subject ball. changed left curveball just a curveball. So 
uh, right here. Who's that? Guy? That's Snake Eyes, a GI Joe figure. Uh, so on Tuesday, Adam hints oh, came, yeah, yeah. came to my house and went through all my um, a lot of my old toys. Man, I got them all kind of together. But you know, I think his his idea was like he was going to come and we would go through them and sell them on eBay together and then share in the profits. And I realized like my goal is to have the garage cleaned and build a workbench and maybe hang my bikes and get some better tools and maybe learn how to tune up my own bike or whatever. Sure. And, um, I'm like, we need to let go. I need to let go of my childhood things, you know? And he's like a total, he, that's like his happy place is like cleaning up old toys and selling them and taking that and like taking care of them. But <clears throat> it was emotional, dude. Like I, I, bet. I mean, I, I found a box of old sports cards. I found all these, you know, he, he was like, well, let's just count how many GI Joes you have just so I can kind of get a ballpark. And I'm like laying out these toys on the table. And I'm like, at one point, these were all my friends, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, that hit me right in the feels. It was like these right. were I had. Yeah, I had woven stories with my brother and my stepbrother. I had had personalities attached to these things that I didn't really, you know, you just make it. This is my imaginative life as a kid. Yeah. And I was like, it's time to let it go. But I was in no fucking way prepared for the emotional experience of that <laughs> and so i had to like text him after he left it's like i think i was pretty off and weird he's like yeah that'll happen like i get it though you know i'm like that's yeah. so fun of course adam's like oh yeah yeah he was totally sensitive to it but... <laughs> yeah, that's cool so you know he gave me talk some to that guy like on the mic we gave yeah maybe i'll okay so maybe i'll shoot for next week if that's yeah, possible. Right. Sure. Uh, no i'll be driving back from boulder so okay well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. We need to we'll talk to him because he's a far out guy and like totally loves doing that. Like that. He's like, this is, he's like, this is my meditation. I just get them all out and I clean them and I put them together. And I'm like, that's so great. Like that's great. He, he was, yeah. You know, some cash involved and I got a little cash back for him, but that was not it. I mean, right. After my emotional, like grief, it was a grief. It was grief. Mm -hmm. I was grieving I a that. lot of things and I felt that. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, you know, at any point, my mom could have just thrown these away or given them to goodwill right. or, uh, or I could have just like said, you know, I, I, am very capable of saying, I don't want this shit anymore. I'm going to throw it all away. It doesn't matter. I'm not attached. Right. And then like three weeks later, bawling to my therapist, right. <laughs> I threw away my GI Joe's. Oh, I threw away my childhood. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make what's wrong with me? Ah. Right. But but it was really, and a, so after that, it was like, you know, I was really glad to know that they were, they were going somewhere that was like, they were going to be cleaned up, you know, and taken care of. And somebody else was going to maybe put them in a plastic box or something. Yeah, it was cool. It was really, it was really interesting and kind of surprisingly emotional, you know, to like, to look at that shit and to no, let go of it. it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's real. I don't have a lot of that stuff. In fact, I have very few items like that, but the ones that I do have, I will keep, you know, yeah, for a long time, mostly because they have no intrinsic saleable value. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't yeah. take up that much space. One of the really cool, and this was like a really great story of compassion from him because he could tell I was starting to feel mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have a smoke. I'm going to go over there. He's like, you just hang out for a minute. 
pick a few that are like emotionally, like those are the core emotional moments for you. Pick a couple that you can't leave behind. You can't send off to, to me and we're good. And, you know, I was like, and I, those are the ones I selected and it's like, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was really interesting to let go of all that childhood stuff. You know, it's like, it was freeing too, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, it was grief too. So do you think wasn't ready for whatsoever? Oh man, you just froze. Am I frozen on your end? I can hear your voice. Oh, sweet. Well, we'll just keep going then. The video will catch up. Yeah. Um, so do you think that your like what precipitated this? Did you just happen to be talking about what am or war? Is this from you've been contemplating for a while a war? Hey everybody, this is Steve about five minutes after Zoom uh totally crashed on Joel and I, and we decided that you know we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it here. We're leaving it here, and um you can have your own uh moment with that. Sure. And uh Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll uh, see you sometime. Thanks. Everybody. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Churn world serves its own needs. Dummy serve your own needs. Beat it up and knock speed grunt. No strength. The ladder starts to clatter with fear. Fight down high. Fire in a fire. Representing seven games in a government for hire.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.